All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Welcome, everybody, to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, Tim Wersberger. Let's talk about the NHL. There's been a lot happening. Uh, my my prediction, I feel like, Tim, of the Leafs falling flat and just, you know, you can call it, they're done. They have been on a absolute tear since I said that. They've won the last three. Florida's lost the last three. Now they are comfortably in the third playoff spot in the Atlantic Division. Did not see that coming. Did not see it all, especially with the injuries to their defensemen. They've just been lighting up teams, lighting them up. Are you okay? They basically have a, a minor league def- defense right now, except for Tyson Barry. Well, yeah, no. So just, basically, a minor league. Basically, defense. a minor. Hey, how? What was his train of thought? His mental game when he was like on the trading block? Like that's gonna be tough for him. Like they go out and pursue him in the off season, trade Cadre for him, and then they're trying to ship him out. The next season, I think that's got to mess with you mentally a little bit. And now he's number one on their team. I know that's that's where they're going to get in trouble. You you can play good defensively for two, three, four, five games. That'll start to expose itself if they don't get some help back there because uh, he's not a number one defenseman, not even close to being a number one defenseman. But anyway, it's good for it's good for hockey when the Leafs are winning. It is, but man, I just don't like I don't like them. And they're going to play Tampa Bay first round. Stamkos done six to eight weeks. That what what's your thoughts on that? Initial take Stamkos is done. What how are the Lightning going to do without him? I feel like that's a team that can withstand an injury like that. With the depth they have, they got Braden Point as their number one center Kucherov. or number two center, who's number one on a lot of teams. Yeah, even now, like he's had a slow start. He missed some time. He got hurt at the end of last year, and he's been a point per game player this season. Um, and he can probably step it up if, if he's playing line one minute. So. I think they can withstand it. I think they can, you know, hopefully stay ahead of uh, Toronto there. And then the the matchup in the playoffs will be tough, though, because if Stamkos isn't there for the first-round matchup, if it's one of Toronto's strength, it's down the middle, right? Yeah. And losing your top center is not going to be an ideal situation for them. Um, Stamkos is a tough kid. We've seen him come back from injuries before, come back early, broken noses, all that stuff, shattered femur, and he comes back. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he came back on the earlier side of six weeks, but if he doesn't, 
It's going to be a tough matchup for them. I feel like this is a common thing with Stamkos over the last five years. And do you remember back when he started out, everybody was raving about his conditioning? Oh, he goes to Gary Roberts. He's in such great shape. Look at look at the off-season workouts he's doing. It's so revolutionary. He is just setting the bar for NHL athletes. No one's really raving about it now. You don't he's just been getting hurt nonstop. It seems like every year he's sustaining these really 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 big injuries. A core injury, that's a big injury. That's not a knee, that's not a shoulder. A core injury is a painful injury that lingers it's not something you can just go oh i'm gonna get it cleaned up in a scope you cannot do that with your core that's a big big deal and the fact that he is having this before the playoffs red flag i would be nervous if i was a lightning fan yeah i mean your number one center arguably number one player goes down that's a red flag for any team but they again they got kucherov they have yeah i know i know but palat's one of the best secondary scorers in the league their defense is nasty if the leafs keep up this pace and they trend upwards heading into the playoffs that is going to be a tricky first round battle i don't know i don't know which way i would lean I mean, you got to think, regardless of who does better over the next two weeks, they're going to play each other in the first round. I don't think oh, anyone's, yeah. No one's catching Boston. No one's catching Boston. Tampa Bay will finish higher than Toronto. Toronto's too far back. I think they're, what, eight points behind them with 14 games to go. That's that's too much to overcome in that in that time frame. But, man, if you lose Stamkos, he's your top guy, and Toronto comes in firing on all cylinders, a load of confidence, that is a tough, tough out for Tampa Bay. It really is, especially with last year, them collapsing against Columbus. It'll be interesting. It'll be really, really interesting to see what happens. And this is why I don't like the format, the way the playoffs are now. Those teams I don't think would play in the first rounds if everyone just ranked one through eight. It'll be interesting to kind of write that out. We did it last year. But anyways, very, very, very interesting coming out of the East. Speaking of the East, Risto and Reeves. How about that? (laughs) Just... Just talk, talk to Reeves. Both Shoot. of them. We've had both on the show before. Talk to Risto. And Risto is an under... He, he gets doesn't get his due for how big he is and how physical he is. He's a beast. He's got to be 6'4", 230. You sent me the link, and I was like, oh my gosh, what is it? Did Reeves kill Risto Linen? That's what I'm envisioning. He's 6'4", 220. Risto, I nailed it. And... If you haven't seen the hit, Risto reverse hits Reeves, and it looks like a slow-motion fall where you hit pause, and then you just like slow-mo the guy falling, but it's happening in real time where Reeves is like, oh, no, I'm going down, and he's in this weird position where his knee's buckled, but they're still underneath his leg legs, and he's like, maybe I can stay up, and then he just falls. I thought he like ripped his knee out of socket or something i thought for sure it was like a sternum or or knocked the, the wind out of him at least but like what what actually happens to make him fall like that like i can't imagine it's a reverse hit your whole momentum's going forward and then all of a sudden your chest gets stopped yeah and your legs are like whoa sorry it, that happened to me with malkin one time in pittsburgh where i thought i had him lined up sabatka did it too in st louis it's the worst feeling as a tough guy you're going around i'm going to run around create some energy bury some guys and this, these guys catch you at the last second, they see you coming, and they just reverse hit you. It's the worst. Because you get buried. There's nothing to defend against it. 
nothing at all because you're getting ready to hit somebody. You're not going forward yet, and they're already reverse hitting you, and they, you just get laid out, absolutely laid out. And as a tough guy, the fans just eat it up. They're like, oh, you're the worst. Look at you, you suck. It's you're here for one so thing, you couldn't even do it. Oh, it happened in St. Louis, center ice. I was like, I'm going to bury this Sabatka. And he just laid me out in St. Louis. I went back. The stick slapper where the stick hits the ice. I was like, oh, my gosh, get me off the ice. Who do you think was the best at that, those reverse hits? Oh, the reverse hits. Um, Crosby's really good. Malkin was really good at it. Usually the Datsuk was really, really good at it. The guys who were just strong on their skates and they had the wherewithal to see a guy coming. There's some defensemen who are pretty good at it. They wait for you to come in and they pop you back. So it's uh, Bufflin. Who was the guy, the defenseman, that, that went to line you up with your head down but stopped and shouted out instead? Ballard. Ballard. Yeah, nice guy. <laughs> yeah. He could have killed me. He could have absolutely buried me. We were in Vancouver. I had a puck. I got around a couple forwards, and I was like, yeah, this is nice. Took it in. He, like, came flying straight at me and just goes, boom! I'm like, oh, man. He's like, keep your head up, Johnny. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. Because he could have just absolutely destroyed me, and I would have been devastated. But nice guy. Nice guy. Speaking of nice guys, nice stories. Feel good story of the year, potentially. Potentially. Bobby Ryan. I mean, this could be a movie, too. I know. It could be. He's had quite a story. And I don't know if the... It could be a documentary. Not a not a kids movie. No. The yeah the before the before would be a tough one to shoot. Yeah, his his whole life has just been. Well, it's quite a story. But he'd been struggling with addiction and took some time. Obviously, earlier this year, took a few months off to deal with it, and returned. I think on Thursday or Friday night, and he scored a hat trick in his return. How cool is that? Amazing. How cool is I saw that? I was smiling from ear to ear. I was so happy for the guy. He's one of those guys I played against him quite a bit because he was in Ottawa. On the ice, he'd be chatting with you, like, this line up with him. He's like, he's like, are you matching up with me tonight? I'm like, yep, yeah, me and you, Bobby, the whole night. And he's like, okay, good. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't feel like skating very fast. I'm like, ah, you prick. And um, <laughs> just a nice guy. I'd, I'd, you know, chip it out. I'd be like, oh, now i got to leave the zone. Like, just constantly chattering, chatting with you on the ice. Just a really, like, fun guy to play against. Didn't take the game too serious, which – maybe a detriment to his game because he does have unbelievable hands. Like he is a superstar talent, but you could tell throughout the years his his skill and his drive and his mental game, they did not match up where it just – everyone was just wondering what's going on with Bobby, and now we have some answers. He's got, I think, my favorite goal of all time, or at least one of the top ones, when he undressed two defensemen on Nashville. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have you seen that one? Yeah. And then he scores on Renee, I think. Just oh, so, he has so pretty. really great handles. That was probably 10 years ago now. Like, just the way he can end to extend the puck as far as he does, both sides, forward and backhand, it's really, really tough to do. And to have, like, and the D just went for it. And they're just like, yoink, yoink, thank you, through both of them. I think it was Sutter and Weber. Maybe Sutter. not. Yossi, whatever. They yeah. had some top D at that time. But, yeah, what a night. Hat trick. Awesome to see. He got a standing ovation from the crowd at the end of it. Um, the third yeah. one was an empty net goal, and then he's just crying on the bench, like bawling his eyes out of this. It's just amazing. The emotions, I can't imagine going through what he's been through and having that moment. Uh, really cool to see. It is really nice. It's neat to see the whole league and fans rally around that guy because it, it could have gone the other way where he doesn't go to rehab, takes a turn for the worse, and then who knows where he ends up. Like we, We've seen it happen time and time again where guys say just – you know, overdose, and then they're gone. So it, it's really, really refreshing to see that took the proper steps to take care of himself, 
hockey is an afterthought at that point. He's got kids. He's got a wife. He's trying to, you know, not die, first of all, and get his life in order so when he's done playing hockey, he can have a a good life where he's not just, you know, reliant on drugs, alcohol, whatever it may be. So good for Bobby. Super happy for him. And, hey, that one goal, skate to stick upstairs. Are you kidding me? Awesome. How good is that? And it's so cool, too, especially for that team that hasn't had – I mean, that fan base has not had a lot to cheer for this season. Yeah. yeah. Um, to have that moment for everybody, it was just – it was awesome. Yeah. We'll see if he can um, carry it forward and just kind of end his career the right way because he just – he's disappeared the last five years. Yeah. And he's still making, what, seven million a year? <laughs> Probably. He's making a ton of dough. So speaking, how about some sad stories? Or uh, 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 at least not so happy stories. Uh, did you see what Jumbo said? I did. In that interview? I did. Uh, I, I got the, I'm going to pull it up here. Per uh, Kevin Kurtz on Twitter. This is from Jumbo. This is, I think, maybe the day after the trade deadline yep, where yep, he was yep, probably yep, watching, yep. I guess. Um, he said, as you get older, you, you realize you only have so many shots at this thing. And it would have been nice to have a chance. I wanted a shot. I've been hunting this thing down for 22 years. That's tough. That's tough to hear. I, I I was surprised to hear that. I didn't think he was that actively trying to get traded. I thought if the right scenario came, and the only scenario I thought would be Boston, that he would he would um, allow a trade. But it sounded like he was. He gave them a list of four to five teams that he would be willing to go to, and none of those teams really had any interest in him. But other teams did. But he, from what I hear, just decided not to go to those teams. So it's too bad. It's too bad. I don't know if Doug Wilson didn't really shop him too much or if there just wasn't a market for him. But it's well, strange to see Pittsburgh pick up Marlowe and not go after Jumbo first. Well, the uh, the outcry on Twitter has been basically that, that Wilson had really an obligation to trade him. And didn't really let him down, but again, you don't know the whole story. And maybe, maybe he had some deals on the table, and, and Joe said, "Not there, not there. I don't want to go here." That's I, what I heard from my yeah. insiders in San Jose. Okay, where there was a few teams that reached out, and Jumbo was just like, "Ah, I don't think so." So that's just what I heard, and he wanted to go to a handful of teams that he thought could win the cup. There was um, Boston, Boston, Colorado, Washington, like the top tier Tampa, the top tier teams that are the, the fav- favorites. And I heard Dallas reached out. I heard a couple other teams out east reached out, and he just said, no, I'm not I'm not doing it. So does it surprise you uh, to hear this quote? Because the story for us for the last few weeks has been he, he's really made his peace with it. Uh, not that he doesn't want the cup, but he's kind of accepted that he probably won't win it. And here he sounds yeah, pretty Yeah, because from my interactions with him and guys around the team, I just thought he, he wasn't – actively trying to leave san jose but apparently i was wrong like he and he again he wasn't actively trying to leave he wanted to go to a good scenario and it just never came to fruition so that's a tough quote to read and to hear like poor guy man honestly honestly i I, does he come back for another year i think so based on that quote it sounds like he is man man he's gonna be like 50 years old (laughs) i hope because he's gonna be a free agent this offseason, where does he sign? He, he cannot go back to San Jose if that's his mindset. He can't risk that happening again the next trade deadline and just not getting an opportunity because San Jose is not going to win it next year. Their, their ship has sailed. That That's done. Where like He has to go somewhere, sign a league minimum deal, and play a third-line role, be a third-line centerman, second power play unit, 
And that's that's where you're going to make your bread and butter. You're going to win the Stanley Cup that way. Do um, what Matt Cullen did with Pittsburgh. You know, just play that role. And he could definitely do that. He still has 50 points in him, no problem. If he's playing that role, play him 10, 12 minutes a night. Boom. Go to Boston. How great would that be? Uh, I would have freaked out. The city would welcome him back with open arms. With open arms. I think Chara probably is like, no, this is my team. (laughs) Yeah. Because he would be the biggest story in Boston. Bigger than Tom Brady. No. Yeah. No. For sure. No. Brady's not even a Patriot anymore. He's gone. Not officially. I think he comes back. But right now they're talking about nothing but Brady in Boston. Going to Oakland. I heard Mm -hmm. it. Insider. Did you hear? Antonio Brown. Me and him are tight. Yeah. Me and AB84. You guys run with a similar crowd? Yeah. Ocho Cinco. All three (laughs) of us. So speaking of Jumbo, I wanted to ask, obviously Marlowe got traded. We talked about that last week to Pittsburgh. And I think hockey fans around the league, they want to see guys like this win the cup. And I got to think, like, okay, if my team's out of it, I might be rooting for Pittsburgh now, just or maybe at least a little bit, just because I want to see Marlowe yeah. lift that cup. Do the players feel that way? If you're out of contention, like if you're in the Red Wings and you've been watching Marlowe for 20 years, does a part of you want the Penguins to win now? For absolutely. Him? Absolutely. Okay. Are they aware of that kind of stuff? It, it depends on the guy. Like, Marlowe is a class act, upstanding guy. I doubt anybody in the league has a bad word to say about him. So for for a guy like him, Everybody's pushing for it. It just it's just one of those things. It's a feel good story. I, w- I was talking to Ray Bork a few weeks back. We did an event together in um gosh, where were we? Ottawa or something, I can't remember. But um he was talking to me about when he got traded to Colorado, how everybody just rallied behind him and it was just such a such a magical run to the Stanley Cup and he could just feel the support from everyone. Players, fans, everybody wanted him to win that cup and when they finally I think they won in the game seven. It was just such a cool experience, and Sackett gave him the cup right away. And he's like, it was by far the best moment of my life. I, like, better than the gold medals, better than any anything that's happened before that. And he's like, I couldn't top that, so I had to retire. Well, his story is one of the best in the history of sports. I yeah. Mean, that's, that moment's just it's unbelievable. He was my favorite player growing up. I was so incredibly happy. So, so incredibly happy. It was funny seeing a Canada boy, you know, famously rooting for the Bruins his whole life. Because of because of Ray, right? Yeah, yeah. I it was a Bruins fan through and through because of Ray. Because of Ray. So speaking of some former Sharks here, did you see Pavelski drop the mitts the other night with uh, David Krejci? A little disappointed. Yeah, a little disappointed. In, in Krejci's his... not a tough guy. I thought Pavs would have shown better. Yeah, I really do. And he it looked like he didn't want anything to do with it. And what is Krejci doing? Yeah, what are you trying to get the team fired up with? I think they were down a couple when they fought. No, no it was a one-to-one game, second period, like yeah. halfway through. So it was, like, it was a tight game, yeah. uh, and Krejci's kind of tangling with him, entering the blue line. You can kind of see it just enter the screen if you watch the replay. And someone must have said something or done something, or maybe Krejci just saw, you know, I need to rally the team here. But again, you're talking about a non-conference game in, in February. He had a little bee in his bonnet. I guess so. So he, he chased Pavelski down. Pavelski tried to walk away, and he's, like, grabbing him, which is so uncharacteristic for Krejci. I know. He's not the type of player. And he, and you would think, like, neither of them is overly physical, but of the two, Pavelski's more of the hard-nosed type of game. Yeah, and, he's uh, the hard hard areas. And he's from Wisconsin. Yeah. I, I assumed Pavs would have just worked him. Yeah, I mean, his heart was not in the fight. But even still, yeah, Krejci got the better of him, which is kind of surprising to see. Oh, I hate when Bruins win fights. I honestly, it it irks me when they win fights. because we win the fights all the time. Even when they tie, it's just like they just beat Mike Tyson in just a heavyweight matchup. It's just ridiculous. 
how the fans and everybody just, oh, the toughest. Over and under and under and over. Oh, he's beating him like a rented mule. Jack Edwards. Like, yeah. just give me a break. The under and over with Sean. Th- it just, I'm like, come on, man. Unbelievable. Adam McQuaid, too. My man. He's your, he, whatever. They're not tough. They never, anyway. McQuaid is tough as nails. What, like, plastic nails? Hockey tough, dude. That's a guy who put his life on the line for the for the team. How did he put his life on the line? Did you ever watch him play? How did he put his life He's on the line? He would put his life on the line. How would you put your life on the line? Blocking shots with your face. Like, he'd do anything. Has anyone ever died on the ice? I that's It's just like, no. He would not. If someone were to say before the game, I'm going to kill you after this game. I'm still doing it. I'm still playing. Yeah, okay. If you want to talk, oh, oh, I, oh I, sl- I took a nap for 100 hours last week. No, you did not. Like, you can't take a nap for 100 hours. I know. Are you taking things literally now? Well, he would put his life on the line for the Bruins. He would That's a little bit much. He's not in the Bruins anymore, so no, he wouldn't now. So what team is he on? The Rangers? I don't know. He put his life on the line for the Rangers. He's an eighth defenseman somewhere now. He was an eighth defenseman for the Bruins, but their decor was terrible. So no, the plan was no. a sixty man. Oh, Adam McQuaid. I'll get him on the show. You call what's your what's your thing? Um, Quater, man, um, man, Stinger? rocket, man, rocket. It's <laughs> <laughs> so lame. Oh my word! All right, so I sent out a congratulatory um, tweet to my boys at Michigan Tech. Unbeknownst to me, I was a few weeks early <laughs> yeah. from senior night. Whammy. I get these emails from tech just updating, um, you know, what's going on. It's like one of the emails was like, get ready for uh, senior night. And I was like, oh, that's night. I'm going to I'm gonna send out an Instagram post for the boys, you know, congratulating them. They, t- they did turn the team around. It was kind of in shambles, I think, when this senior class got there. They might have been around – turned around a little bit but they they've been had a great four-year stretch i was like you know give them give them a little congratulatory instagram well you're a couple weeks early i'm like ah, i missed it i i thought i thought i, I nailed it right at right on the senior night i was wrong yeah not even, you were like two weeks early senior night was this past weekend yeah i was a little early jump the gun just the gun. Did you see that one tweet someone sent about it was the best senior night game since yours when you scored was it a game winning or game tying game goal? time goal versus wisconsin yeah yeah they beat Oh no, they lost to. They lost, I think, yeah, I think to NMU. One. Yeah, and now they got to play them in the playoffs, and they lost home ice because they lost to NMU the last game. Is that their number one rival? Number one rival. I, if there's one school, if there's one city I don't like sports teams, it's Boston. If there's one school, it's NMU. Those guys are classless. Don't like them. Don't like them at all. I'm predicting a Tech sweep. And then they're on to the second round because those Wildcats are terrible, terrible people, terrible hockey players, terrible fans. Don't like them. Don't like them at all. So, anyways, good luck to the boys. First round playoff matchup. I don't know. It'll be interesting. It's 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 such a cool. You don't know what it's like. What what would be a big rival in Boston? Southie and Northie. <laughs> there's Is that no a thing? No. So there's two big schools up there in northern Michigan. It's NMU and it's Michigan Tech. I guess Lake State's up there too, but they don't really. Count. BCBU would be the probably the closest thing. Those those teams, teams hate each other. They have varsity teams. I didn't know that. Are Stop. they D one or D three? Stop it! Stop it! Best colleges in the country for, for what? Hockey. Never heard of them, honestly. Uh, I know Northwestern like, has a team. Yeah, yeah, they're really good. 
BU. That's Boston Union. <laughs> and then BC would be Boston Craps. I'm crap. <laughs> I'm just pulling. <laughs> trying to get anything here. No, but it is a very big rivalry. It's like Michigan, Ohio State football, Michigan Tech, Northern Michigan University. I will be watching. It's going to be a bloodbath. Every time we played them when I was in that uh, in that conference, we only played them twice a year. It would just be fights nonstop. When's the game? Friday, Saturday, Sunday, potentially. Will it be televised? Oh, I think ESPN's picking it up. Such a big rivalry. I think ESPN, then they might even have it on ABC or NBC. Yeah, Hockey hockey Day in Michigan. No, it's not going to be televised, obviously. It's a northern Michigan You just match. said you're going to be watching. I will. They have it online, so I'll, I'll watch it through the the Tech Huskies with Dirk Hembra, the voice of the Huskies, Dirk. Now he's got a voice. I'm surprised that he hasn't been picked up by a bigger, uh, bigger team around the league because he's got a heck of a voice, and he calls a great game. He's called all mine games when I played there. Got, I think he listened. I think we've seen tweets from him. Before. Oh, really? Yeah. His best is when he scores. His voice gets really and he scores really high pitch. <laughs> I can't. I can't get to that level. But good luck, boys. Go Huskies. Go. I'll be watching. Potentially listening. Hopefully watching. Anyways, and I apologize for the senior night <laughs> snafu. <laughs> yeah. I'll do better next year. <laughs> I'll do better. Anyways, gotta love those Michigan Tech roots. You never bring up your college. You wouldn't let me if I wanted to. Fact. 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 All right. Uh, talking about we we talked about former guests we we've been talking about a lot of them Risto, Marlo Reeves Marlo Pavelski all those superstars have been on the show we're gonna we're gonna talk about another one Zach Smith done for the year Hawks Shaw done for the year the Hawks say good night they're done for the year yeah poor guy back surgery yeah that that's something where it was a lingering problem. This is how it works. The, the year is getting closer to being over. His career might be done, arguably. He's had, a, he's had a bad year. And as an older guy, you have aches and pains. Things aren't really moving around too well. You're like, man, I might not get another contract at the end of this year. I got fantastic health coverage right now. Let's get this figured out. Let's get this fixed. Let's get this fixed. Let's get this fixed. His back probably was nagging him. He went in. He's like, let's get this surgery, man, because I don't know if I'm going to be able to get it done after hockey. So that's what's happening, and he just he's done. So poor guy. Didn't really work out in Chicago. He's had a tough run the last few years. I thought he was going to have a better year. I honestly did. You projected a big year for him. I mean, he's only four or five years out of his twenty goal, 25-goal season. Yep. The rumors early on at that point, we met him over the summer, that he, he was going to be getting a look at least at the top two lines. Did not even sniff. No. Um, and he's funny, like all jokes aside, we talk about like me making buddies with all these guys, but he was one I really, you know, connected with when we were there because mm-hmm. he was kind of like new to the team, didn't know anybody. He's, we were in the players room, like backstage or whatever. And he's just kind of off on his own, like watching TV or something. Yeah. And I was just like, I was chatting him up. He's a nice guy. He's very not, not a hockey personality, just normal dude. Nice, normal guy. And I think he did kind of, if he would have played in those top two lines, 20 goals was, was there for him, but he didn't get that opportunity in and out of the lineup early in the year. So, man, tough back surgery. You never want to hear that. He got some healthy scratches along the way, too. Yeah, yeah. Just not what you want to do when you're kind of in a contract. You're reviving your career. Gosh, he had a year early on, third year, second year, really, first full year, was uh, 120 penalty minutes. He was in that ilk during that generation 
and there was a bunch of them of guys who would bang, they would score, they would get power play time. It was the Clarksons, it was the Chris Neal, Chris Neal's, the Lucic, the Zach Smiths, Rutu. There was a lot of guys like that, and for some reason, that type of player, there's not many of them around the league anymore who really get their nose dirty, put some points up, and are just really, really double threat guys. It's very, we, very rare. We interviewed one of them last week. Who's that? Ryan Reeves. He doesn't put up points though. He didn't put up the kind of, kind of points that these guys do. Yeah, but I mean, you're talking Smith had nine points that year, but he put up 120, and Reeves had 20 points last year. You're right, but he didn't get 20 no. goals. Like Smith is a better hockey player than Reeves. Like, yeah, he's he's not at that level. You know who was good at that? Ryan Chloe. Chloe. Yeah, and I, I saw him in St. John's this past gosh summer. It was tough to see. He's just. You could tell his head injury was really affecting him. It was kind of a bummer. You, you know, you you play against these guys. You just assume that when their career is done, they're just going to go on to something great. They're going to be like these, you know, gr- cool guys off the ice, and then hockey's not going to affect them. But it's affecting him. It's it's kind of. It was sad to see it. I was like, man, like uh, he was such a great, great hockey player. But so uh, we mentioned Shaw real quick too. He's going to miss the rest of the season with a concussion. Uh Rumor is that he, I mean, at least the Twitter rumors, he might, you know, c- retire because he's had a few of these already. Yeah, he's 28, young kid. I would have thought he was like 31, 32. Yeah. I had no idea. He was, he feels like he's been around for a decade. Well, he's been around, I think, eight, nine years. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah, must, he, I didn't realize how young he was when he played with Chicago. And he won those three cups pretty early. Like he, he won had, all three of those? Yeah. At least he, two. At least two. Yeah. He had a lot of success coming right into the league. So you don't mess with the head. And that is the hardest thing to fix. It's the hardest thing to track. You don't know where your head's at, honestly. So take as much time as you need, buddy. It's just, um, I don't know. I don't know. If it's if it's bad enough, I, I hope he does retire. Don't risk it. Well, going down that uh, Blackhawks bench a little bit, you see Taze was the first player in NHL history to reach 50 career shootout goals. Did not expect that at all. Wasn't on anyone's radar. Do like, you have a list of all of them by any chance? Of all the goals? The the shootout goals. Because it's funny, if, I, if I'm thinking of who's going to have the most in the league, I'm thinking TJ Oshie right away. Then I'm going right to Patrick Kane. Those two guys, anytime you see a shootout highlight, anytime we talk about the shootout, we talk about Kane or slowing down, we talk about Oshie in the Olympics and how effective he was. I never, ever, ever think of Taves. And and Kane's the one, I mean, he's got the most beautiful goals of all time in the shootout. Yeah. Like, the stuff he's pulling is just, and yeah. Who would have thought? Taves. And if Taves is there, you know Kane's getting those opportunities as well. Right. Like, it's not like one is getting more than the other. So I got the list here in front of me. Um, Kane's number three. Oshie's number four. Number two. Huge surprise. What team? Um, Islanders and Detroit. Currently with Detroit. Eberle. No. Still on Datsuk. the team. Datsuk. No, no. Howard. He's on Detroit right now. Athanasio. Franz Nielsen. Weird. 49 goals. He's right behind him. Wow. Kane's 47. Oshie's 45. They're all right there. Verbata's fifth. He's played on seven, eight teams. Parisi, Koivu, Pavelski, number eight. Datsuk, nine. Kopitar, 10. And then the list goes on. I guess you just need to have a lot of tie games, Tim. That's how it works. Could be. Yeah. If you're a really good team like a Washington or a T-Bay, who just win a lot in regulation, you don't get those opportunities. But interesting stat. Did not expect that. Johnny T, he works at his game. He loves the five-hole in the shootout. Oshie's by far the highest uh, shooting percentage, though. He's at 52 among those guys. He doesn't get many opportunities. No. That's the thing. So, well, what's Taves at? He's got to be at, what, 30, 35 to 40? 
Oh, he's at 49 and 49. a half. Yeah, he's him. that high. That's cool. He has a, a great move with the the quick shot just under the pad. Not really five hole, but kind of. So the goalie, it's it's a good, good move. Remember right Rutu? He like mastered the shootout when it first yeah. was um, enacted. He was doing the Forsberg goal. Like yeah. The, the one hand behind you, little tuck there. He would come wide. He'd do the one-handed tuck or he'd go quick far side over the pad. So the goalie had to honor that and he had to go with them. But, man, what a tough goal. And then St. Louis would do the spinorama. You don't see that much anymore. No. St. Louis started going in backwards. Yeah. Remember that? That was fun, man. That's when, like, hockey YouTube was awesome. Like, they'd have these clips of these guys and, like, Scott Stevens and St. Louis and Beret. And, like, that was just kind of, like, how my generation got to watch those guys. I know. It was cool. And there was all this innovation. Now it's kind of like the last guy to really innovate something. Datsuk was really crafty. The way he played with the shootouts. But now it's like everyone's been there, done that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's cool. Good for Johnny. Very exciting. Something to hang your hat on if you're living in Chicago. They've had a tough, tough go of it the last few years. All right. Last topic. You really? Unless you got other things. I got. I actually had something. I The playoffs are around the corner, correct? Yep. The league is implementing a new puck. For playoffs. Did you hear about this? No. So they've been developing this puck, and it has, like, a microchip planted in the middle, and they're going to start tracking, like, how fast the puck is passed, the shots, this and that. I don't know what else they're going to have keeping stats of, but they're debuting it in the playoffs. Isn't that – doesn't – and I, I shouldn't say debuting it. They've been testing it out in a few games here and there. I think they've done five or six but I just envision this puck, because it's not made like a typical puck where it's one solid mold, it's made around this microchip. So there's potentially air bubbles, fractures, just imperfections the way it's made, whereas a normal puck, there's nothing to kind of let that happen. It's just a solid piece of rubber. So what's the point of the puck? To... It's enjoyment for the fans. I break a pen every show. Do you notice that? Is that what happens to my pens? Yeah, I break the top off the pens every time because I'm just so intense with the conversation. Anyways, the it's for the it's for the fan. They want the tr- the puck tracking because it went so well with Fox twenty years ago when they had the the streak behind it. Oh yeah, awful. So I guess analytics. The more stats you have, the better. Let's just overwhelm everybody with stats, and that's what we're doing. That's what this is for. This will eventually lead to tracking the puck in the goalie's glove if it crossed the line tracking the puck on the blue line did it leave the zone stuff like that did it hit the mesh um was it played with the high stick there'll be a laser on the crossbar you know where the puck is it'll be all done with computers in 10 years this is where this is heading this is this is what's happening to the game they're getting rid of the referee this is what's going to happen i I like the idea of having a chip in, in the puck. You don't implement it in the playoffs. No. I just envision, and the way they tested this, they, they shot the puck out of a cannon. And they shot it at the net. They shot it at a wall. They shot it at a post. And I guess it went up to 170 miles an hour. Pretty good speed. The puck didn't shatter. They tested it 20 times. Whoa, 20 times. They didn't test the impact of the actual stick hitting the puck. So they don't know what is really going to happen in the playoffs when you have a big dude like Chara ripping a one-timer and the impact is like 100 and such miles an hour, 
I just would hate to see if that puck explodes off the crossbar or if a guy's got a one-timer open net and it just explodes or something happens. It just... I don't know why they would do it for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, what if someone it, if it impacts a game yeah. or, or someone's season, someone goes home early because yeah. the puck shattered on their stick at the blue line yeah. and they don't get the shot off. Yeah, it's just it's. I just think it's a bad misstep for the for the league. And they were towing. I also saw they were towing around with changing the offside rule. I think that's. I think that passed today. Oh, it did. Yeah. Or uh, when are they implementing it? Do you know? I don't. So I, I think this is a great rule where you don't have to have your foot on the ice. For it to count as offside, you can straddle and lift up your leg. You can just reach back and have your leg over the line as long as it's over the line. Now, this is where you have to have a good camera to make sure it's over the line. But I like this because if you're straddling a line and you lift up your leg, you're still onside just because you lifted up your foot like you're skating. Like I, I thought that was pretty bogus, but I like this change. It makes sense in principle, but my, my buddy Marty Baron tweeted out, and I agree with him, that – it's gonna make it harder. <laughs> it's gonna make it harder to challenge and track when when there are those review moments because like right now it has to be on the ice for to for, to be offsides. So you can you can literally see is the, is the skate overlapping yeah. the blue paint. Now it's it's three three sixty right. Now you're yep. introducing this whole other concept and it's gonna like multiple angles. One is gonna look onside. One's gonna look offside. How's it going to look? It's going to slow the review process down. Yeah, you need a couple cameras, one on the ceiling pointing straight down to the blue line, one across the blue line like they do at the goal line with the football. If it's inconclusive, you go with the call on the ice. Oh, is that easy, huh? You should run the league. Yeah, I should. Yeah, you and Marty don't know what you're talking. It's, it's, It's a very simple concept. If you want goals in the game, why would you even question this? If you want offense... It's an it's a no brainer, especially if like they challenge a an offside three minutes ago when the guy was straddling the line. I I don't like that. I've seen it a few times, and it's just uh, it just I don't know. It irks me a little bit. Is it gonna have like a like a speed tracker on it? Do you think the puck? Are we yeah. going back to the puck? Yeah, yeah. I, I would imagine that's like the first thing they have. Because I'm thinking like now, like how do we know that Ovechkin hasn't broken the speed record in, on one of his one timers or something? In a, oh, in a I'm game. sure he has. One timers are a different ball game. You can get your one timers up. I bet you to one twenty. For sure, without a doubt. If you're getting a pass and you're carrying that momentum, psh, for sh- without a doubt, inertia. What is it? Um, K equals. Gosh, I know. I know the um, mass. No, times. it's like half k squared or something like that. Anyways, that'll be interesting. I, I don't think they should implement it in the playoffs. So I agree. It just has a big disrespect before disaster. So another big point of contention. It- it's probably something that's been going on for years, but what's your take on if a goalie makes a play on the puck, whether it's behind the net, in the corner, or out in the open ice, at what point does he become a puck carrier, another player, and really open for contact? Behind the net, he should be able to play the puck in his little trapezoid. As soon as he steps foot out of the trapezoid, fair game. Well, right now he can touch the puck in the, outside of the trapezoid behind the but net. But he can right? do it above the red line. Yeah. Fair game. I believe... If you step out of that net and you have the puck and you're playing the puck, bombs away, baby. You're a player. You're in the you're in the play. Like let's let's get after it. I agree, but if a guy throws a hit in the goalie, in the, you know, at the at the the hash marks or something, he's going to get called for it now. Yeah, because it's a penalty now. It's a penalty. But if there was a rule, as soon as you step out of your crease and you're playing the puck as a defenseman or a player. You're, you're, you're fair game to get hit. It's like the quarterback when he's outside of the pocket. You're a runner now. You better keep your head up. So you're did not you, a passer. 
So obviously, over the weekend, we had uh, John Gibson from Anaheim. Just I tweeted about it. I yeah, said, I know. Deck Kevin Rooney from the Devils, uh, Massachusetts kid. I, I met him. Uh, who in the corner? Like, and what's one thing? You, you throw the elbows, he's skating by. It's not that unusual for a goalie to do that. But then he he comes down on on top of him with with Talk both hands. Smack. Yeah, and then he whispers something in his ear. Who knows what he said? And he, and, I'm so glad you asked that question because we got some of the funniest, funniest responses. I did see a couple of them. They were really, really, really funny. It's like, it was like, you just kind of get, you asked like, what do you think Gibson said to Rooney here? And it was like, oh, the Lannisters send their regards. Or uh, <laughs> or like, um, quack, 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 Mr. Ducksworth. I just thought, I, see, I don't even like that where he, he impedes a player because that guy's not trying to contact Gibson. He's just trying to get around the play. Right, and then everyone thinks thinks Gibson's a hero because he like nailed him. Price hit um, Kreider a few years back after Kreider took him out, injured his knee, and then he yeah. like, buried him the next year. And I was like, "Oh, he's such a hero! He hit him down." I listen. If a goalie's allowed to do that, it should be the other way around. You Ma- should be able to hit a hit a goalie. Marty Turco used to do that too. I know goalies just if whatever if they if I was. The rules are that would be a rule I would enact. If you step out of the crease, you're above the red line, and you're playing the puck, boom, lights out. Remember Hashik used to come out and, like, poke check guys, and they would go A over T kettle, and, like, guys would go flying. He did it to Gabrick. I was on Minnesota. Yeah, I remember that. And everyone was like, oh, great play by Hashik. He just comes sliding out, stacking the pads, and, like, killing guys. That's a, that should have been a penalty tripping, but no, as a goalie, you can do whatever he wants. I'm like, or no. on the flip side, if you do that, okay, now you're you're making yourself you know open to hits too. Yeah, I think that's the it's the way to go. I'm trying to find this inertia equation. <laughs> I found momentum, but I don't know. It was like k half k. I don't know, man. You don't you don't have it like you used to. I know. What is it? Half k x squared. That's elastic. That's potential energy. Okay, I got it. So I got potential it. energy. Okay, what do you have? Half mv squared. That's no, it's kinetic half energy. kx squared. And it's, it's Hooke's law is force. Okay, I got it. But that's more to do with springs, but your stick is a spring. So you have the inertia built up from your stick, and then you unleash it on the puck, and the puck has velocity to it, and the puck has mass to it. So it already has that momentum going into it you have kinetic energy and potential energy and they meet and it's just like yeah i used to be an engineer back in the day i'm working trying to get it back anyways what an episode a lot covered leafs are making me look like a dummy it's so, fun just to track them though and everyone's talking about the leaves whether I you're rooting for them or not Is matthew's making a run at the richard yeah you had that poll out over the weekend yep. too uh three players um I was surprised by the results. Pasternak, he's going to win it. Yeah, that didn't surprise me, but but Matthews being a distant third was was surprising. Yeah, lots of Leafs haters out there. I guess I so. get it. Yeah, Dreisaitl already got the heart. Oh my gosh! Dusting off a place on his mantle. He had a hundred points in the next night. He put up like four goals and an assist. Isn't he? I wish I could watch him more. He's on the West Coast. He just he seems like a really fun fun guy to watch because he's just like, how do you put up five points a night? Him and McDavid. People keep talking about, man, they need to get a, another line to kind of supplement the offense. Not when you're throwing up five points a night, you don't. Like, yeah, those guys on, are unstoppable. He's on track for 133. He's got 107 right now. That's unbelievable. Gosh. Unbelievable. What? Who was the last guy to get 150 points, I wonder? Can you pull that up, Mixmaster Tim? 
Because I bet you no one's hit 150 points in the last 10 years. I would say Yager did it. Yeah, Yager. Um, here we go. Yeah, it, no one's even come close to it, I would think. McDavid got, what, 120 last year, 128, something like that. Maybe I'm a little off base, but. Honestly, I think it was Lemieux in 95-96. Isn't that crazy? 20 year. wait, 95-96, that's 2006, 24 years ago. That's a long time to not have 150 points. We're talking some good players. Yager never got it at all? No, 149 was his record in 95-96. Oh, man. Same year. Wow. I guess the new total to hit is like 125. That's like the new Yeah, mark. Kucherov had it last year, I think, or the, or the year before. Yeah. The other thing, just real quick, Eichel. Jack Eichel is putting up one heck of a season. Yeah. And he, I think he's in his fifth year, has not even sniffed the playoffs yet. Yeah. And that's a disaster for hockey. He's he's must watch when he's on the, on the ice. He is the most hidden superstar. Him and Mike Trout. I'd say Mike Trout in baseball. No one knows about him really because he just stays hidden. But Eichel is a superstar. He's so good. I, I've said it before in the show. He is maybe better than Matthews, but no one knows him because he plays in Buffalo, and Buffalo's terrible. Those GMs over there, I don't know what they're doing. They're trying. They've been signing guys. They've been making trades. Well, that that Wayne Simmons trade is really looking good. We're almost <laughs> in the playoffs. Yeah, almost twenty points back. But yeah, he's a good looking player. I like him. Anyways, everybody, love it. Thanks for listening, and we appreciate all the support. Have a good week, John and Tim. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>